0: This is life. This is business. This is the world, and what it looks like when people come together. This is the sound of BioMedia. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the first ever coffee chat. Uh, I'm John Gerhardt, the founder here at BioMedia, and I'm with our intern, uh, Mackenzie. And today we're just going to talk to you a little bit about some trending topics, um, some lightweight, easygoing stuff, um, talk a little bit about the holidays, um, you know, it's the week after Thanksgiving, so we'll talk a little bit about that, um, go into some Black Friday madness, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where it takes that from, from there. We also have a, a caller calling in today, uh, a good friend of mine, Ethan Foles, um, who is a grad student at Rutgers and works for the NBA, wow. uh, National Basketball Association, for you non-sports fans out there. Um, so we'll talk a little, about, little bit with Ethan, uh, he will chime in on some of our topics, and uh, we'll just, you know, kind of hang out. Nice. We're here, obviously, it's the holidays, so we have our holiday theme today. We have a nice fireside chat <laughs> going. Uh, so we <laughs> hope you enjoy our conversation today.
1: Definitely
0: so how was your uh, thanksgiving?
1: It was good. Uh, it's always nice like getting a little break and being able to spend time with family and friends but since I'm in college now I just am right back in the swing of finals now. Right. So. Yeah,
0: it's that time of year. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just keep on
1: grinding quite right. honestly.
0: Did you uh, do any Black Friday shopping? Or? I did
1: actually. How
0: was that experience?
1: It wasn't as crazy as I thought it would be. Like, I thought I was expecting to get trampled, right. and, like, lines would be like an hour long, but like, the mall I went to was like pretty much fine. Right. But a lot of things happened that weekend and not necessarily the night of Black Friday, so yeah. I think in recent years they've kind of been. Changing it a little bit so that it's less madness all on midnight of Black
0: Friday. So I don't know why it took this long to figure out because
1: someone probably died. Well, right, we
0: were talking about that before, mm -hmm. right? A lot of times it takes for somebody to like get seriously hurt or Mm -hmm. injured for them to make a change. Um, but like I don't, I'm not really sure how long Black Friday has been a thing. I just know it's been a thing as long as I can remember. remember. So I'm assuming it's been a, a very long time. Maybe we could fact check that, yeah. Um, but. Why did it take till now for them to figure out that if they have a three-day sale, that they'll probably get more people to come because yeah. people know they're not going to be trampled in line mm-hmm. and it'll also just be a much better shopping experience. I wonder why.
1: I feel like a lot of times people don't really listen to the logic or people, not people but businesses, like I think they would much rather enjoy the hype of like everyone like needs their product like this one day. Yeah. Um, but obviously that's not the best business-minded route to take
0: right but, you know. So I guess it just goes back to something we talk about all the time just listening to your customers yeah. and Reacting to their behavior mm-hmm. or changes in behavior because you know obviously this has to do also with all of the online sales, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess maybe this might be one of the reasons why this Enormous rise in online Cyber Monday sales and Black Fr- even Black Friday sales. It yeah. used to just be Cyber Monday. Now it's like the Thursday before yeah. or Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. and the Wednesday before online sales start, and they go for almost a whole week. So most people just want to stay home. So uh, to convince them to come to stores, it has to be they have to be entering into an experience that's like a little less crazy.
1: That actually reminded me of an article that I read over the weekend saying how this year's Black Friday turnout was the lowest it has been like in really? history. Um and I think that just speaks to what you were saying, how Cyber Monday is so much more relevant and it's what consumers are looking for nowadays. Like yeah. they are turning away from like the brick and mortar storefront experience. Yeah. So how do you like capture their attention and get their business if they don't want to go in stores for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess you just have to do the online. You have thing to adapt right?
1: to the times, or you'll fall right. behind. Yeah. But that's why it's so important to know how to capture your audience online and like use marketing to your advantage because that's you have to listen to what the people want and if that's what is showing up, then you should adjust your business.
0: Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Re- agreed. So we were talking about that um, the pay less. What was it called? Pay lessy. Thing. Yes. Uh, this is kind of a similar, very similar, uh, similar situation, but.
1: The same idea, how like people will buy <laughs> people. Some people, I guess, are uneducated consumers, um, and I feel like the backstory is that Payless opened up this fake storefront called Paylessy in L.A., and they ended up tra- not trapping, but uh, getting a lot of like L.A. influencers and bloggers to come out and spend $600 on a shoe that is actually $1,999 from Payless, That's um, and the video is like they thought it was the best quality, they would pay upwards of $800 for this, Um, and then when they found out it was actually pay less, their jaws dropped. But that's exactly speaking to how, like the way you market yourself is your value. So if you determine that you wanna be high class, then you set that for yourself.
0: Right, so I mean that's like a, another example is you've seen uh, brands in the past, I'm trying to think of one specifically, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but there's been brands out there that have actually you know, been failing mm-hmm. not doing well they actually raise their prices start to rebrand themselves as a more luxury yeah. high-end brand and their business takes off and it's just all about the way that you brand yourself mm-hmm. brand your company and you know if you people expect that if you brand if you charge a lot of money that you're, you're getting better. a high quality product yeah. and sometimes there's the market especially in mm-hmm. LA um, for people to pay for that.
1: Absolutely. So that's
0: pretty interesting.
1: And that is actually pretty true because last year Payless filed bankruptcy and <laughs> this year they wow. did this. Stunt. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so good for them. Honestly, it's a very smart so, initiative. I mean,
0: is it, it's more of a media stunt, right? Absolutely. Because they gave all the money back. Yeah. Right. And
1: I think they gave the money back. They're going to be using the content they captured for ads okay. and for social media so it's definitely going to create a buzz. Yeah, online. because
0: I mean people think their shoes are that high. Yeah. I mean, then they <laughs> now should. Now you're
1: like, that's a good I'll shoe. I'll pay $20 yeah.
0: if someone's willing to pay $600. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: <laughs> uh, Alright, so we got our uh, holiday season coming up now. Yeah. Um, what does your like holiday scene look like Ed, in your house?
1: It's fun. Uh, my mom goes out every year. She just invites everyone she's ever met over our house really? for Christmas Eve. We do oh, okay. games, we do like raffles. Really? Like, it's actually very intense. Yeah. <laughs> <Sounds fun. laughs> it's very fun. How though. many
0: people do you have? Or... Um,
1: probably about like 30, 40 hmm. people. Okay. Um, just friends, family. Okay. People come in, people come out.
0: So oh, okay. it's a
1: nice time. How about you? Nice.
0: Yeah, so I do, um, we've done a, pretty much my whole past we've done Thanksgiving Eve, um, on my mom's side of the family mm-hmm. that's smaller um, you know that's the Italian side of the family so we'll nice. do like the seven fish dinner mm. um, that's really fun and uh, you know my grandparents kinda have hosted that for a long time now mm-hmm. I'm not sure what we'll do this year uh, I'm probably gonna change things up but um, it's it, that's a great tradition and then Christmas day we normally have at my house just have a family over it's a uh, you know, a lot of people have, like, it sounds like you have a pretty, like, fun, entertaining, like, holiday I had, experience.
1: I had a crazy family, yeah. so I make anything entertaining. Right. <laughs>
0: Mine, I mean, most people would probably say mine's pretty, like, boring and relaxed, but that's kind of the way Sometimes I like that's what it. what you want. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of nice, and it's just a, uh, it's a good time to just get away and relax. Everyone asks, like, how my Thanksgiving was. I'm just like, it was nice. Yeah, you know, it was, like, relaxing, a good time spent with the family, and, you know, the older I guess, start to cherish those moments more mm-hmm. and more because you never know how much longer all the relatives will be around and everything. Yeah, so,
1: do you have any fun Thanksgiving or Christmas traditions that you do?
0: We have a funny uh, Christmas tradition. It's actually a German tradition. I don't know if there's the a
1: pickle in the tree. Yeah, I do that too. You do that? Uh huh. Yeah,
0: that's a fun one. Okay. Yeah, so we always I've done that for a long time. Uh, my grandpa hides the pickle and he, g- <laughs> he gives like a nice prize to whoever finds it. Do you use it. a
1: real pickle? Or no,
0: he like, has like a pickle ornament. Do you, yeah, so do yeah. we. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, but it's pretty hard to find that little pickle in the tree. Even, in the
1: green tree, yeah. it's very difficult. Yeah,
0: so it's always, there's, there's been some funny instances where like, miraculously, <laughs> this insane thing happens where my little sister and my little cousin happen to spot the pickle at the Exact same instant. It's, oh my
1: god, it's crazy. Like drama. Yeah,
0: so I don't know how that happened. Um, probably some kind of uh, mutual agreement made yeah. before that they were going to split the uh, prize 50 50.
1: What's the prize?
0: Uh, it's different every year. there's My grandpa's pretty uh, generous. He's given away some uh, $100 bills. He's given away wow. some. Uh, he had like this silver bar one year that he gave away, which oh is like god. worth a lot.
1: My family just
0: has a $10 Wawa gift card, I went <laughs> from your house. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you like, you want to find that pickle, yeah. you get a nice prize, so that's what I was saying, there's been some, um, some you know, mischievous uh, activity <laughs> that has gone on, because if you find that pickle, you get a big prize, so people are teaming up, and.
1: Yeah, in cahoots. Yes,
0: that's the word I was looking for, exactly. So that's a funny one.
1: That is a good tradition.
0: Um. Yeah, so what do you what do you kind of think we should expect this holiday season as we, you know, as consumers, right? I mean, yeah. we've seen this pretty drastically different Black Friday experience that mm-hmm. we've uh, seen in the past. I wonder what that's going to bring the upcoming holiday season as well.
1: Very true. Um, I feel like at least a lot of people that are, like more millennials and Gen Zers, um, are just so much more hesitant these days to kind of get Christmas gifts and to kind of go yep. shopping, like, I just feel like the holiday, at least for me, has become so commercialized. It's kind of really? like sometimes the ho- it can be stressful, yeah. thinking about how many people you have to get gifts for, Well, you yeah. can't forget this person, and it's just like unrealistic expectations, and like at the end of the day, sometimes it's just leaves you stressed where a time you shouldn't be stressed, you should just be relaxing and enjoying the company of others.
0: Yeah. So, I agree. Do you like shopping for Christmas gifts, or
1: I like when I find the perfect gift for someone that I've been thinking about, but it's it's tough, and it's like how many perfect gifts do you need to find? All mm-hmm.
0: right, um. oh, here he is. All right, so we're actually getting a call from uh, my friend Ethan now. We'll, we'll take that and uh, let's see what he has to say. Hey Ethan, how's it going? I'm here with Mackenzie. You're on a coffee chat. What's going on? Hey John, how's
2: it going? Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, so Mackenzie and I were just kind of talking a little bit about uh, we talked a little bit about Black Friday we talked a little bit about um, some holiday shopping so um, you know we we're talking about how you know maybe millennials and, and people younger now are doing are getting pretty stressed out with the shopping experience. If you haven't On Black Friday shopping and getting all of your gifts out of the way, which I'd say most people haven't. uh, You know, where does that leave you at this point? Uh, You want to uh, chime in on that? Well, um, first off, I would like to say that I'm proud to have purchased all of my gifts, surprisingly. Wow. Wow. Uh, It's probably the first year I've done this. And um, I'm pretty proud of myself, not going to lie. So what I've I've seen uh, and the, the way I kind of done it is, I used my phone, my mobile device, uh, to look
2: up everything I wanted, all the deals, yeah. and kind of just get an idea in my head of what I wanna add. I probably had 20 uh, tabs open on my <laughs> phone, so like 20 different pages, really? and each each page was a different site or had prospecting gifts, um, so I used that kind of as a tool to find gifts and then made the purchases on desktop. and. When I looked into how trends went this this holiday season or this uh, Black Friday um, period, it looks like a lot of people did the same thing. So really? looking <laughs> at the numbers, mobile devices were used, um, were accounted for about like three quarters of digital traffic mm-hmm. on Black Friday and this weekend. Really? But then when you look at the numbers from conversion rates, it looked like desktop um, was much higher yeah. than mm-hmm. mobile devices. So, I guess it's more more of the the same analogy with uh, going in person in stores. I mean, a lot of people are still buying in stores, but malls today are almost like a showroom where you go, you try to close on, you might not buy on the day of, and you you get ideas of what you want or what to get for people when you go to the stores, but you might not buy that day. You might go home and then further think about what you want, look for similar deals, different stores, different... Um, Outlets and uh, go from there
0: so I I think it's it's interesting to see where the trends are going especially uh, Black Friday especially this year yeah that's a really good point Um, I've actually I kinda do this I do the similar thing all the time I like to shop around I like to uh, understand what's out there in the market and a lot of times when you're looking on your phone screen I I I just got a new phone so I have a bigger screen now but uh, it's too small and I don't know. I just feel like I'm constrained, and I can't really get a full view of the product. Even though like mobile websites nowadays are, uh, most of the time, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you're right. You kind of always do like want to go to your at least your laptop or desktop mm-hmm. to go to go see a, a full view before you make a purchase. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Is that, Would you say the same thing, Kenzie? I would
1: definitely say that. And I feel like now platforms are kind of updating to cater to that need. Like now you can be shopping on Instagram and be looking at a brand's page and you can be shopping without even leaving the app. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's just the trend and that's the way that shopping is kinda gonna evolve. In
0: the yeah, future. yeah. so Ethan, were you, when you were saying you have those 20 tabs open, I'm interested to know were any of those, did you find any of those products right on Instagram, Facebook, like were you shopping on social at all or were you just on e-commerce sites? Um, I was
2: big, big Amazon
0: shopper. Okay. Um, not much social, although when I did search for certain products, I would see them on my social
2: right, right. immediately after. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I did see also that social was a, a huge driver in sales this year. Yeah. Uh, more than ever. Yeah, I. Um, I found that pretty interesting as well.
0: Yeah. I know a couple people, and I know there's not a lot now, but I, I believe that this number is going to start rising uh, in the coming years as these companies are getting smarter with their ads and, and getting more advanced with their you know retargeting capabilities. I believe that you know these people I know, they, they only shop now on Instagram, mm-hmm. Facebook, um, because they know that they're going to get, you get a good deal most of the time. And you're—they're putting the product you want right in front of your face. Like you said, you search something, you know, instantly. Um, it's an ad. There's an ad for whatever you searched. Right. Uh. I think
2: I think undoubtedly it's growing. Um, I saw a number that Instagram year-over-year year growth
0: um, in the use to find sales. So people last year looking at Instagram to find sales, so this year mm-hmm. using Instagram to find sales,
2: 73% growth. Wow. wow. So that's it's growing fast, that's for sure. Yeah. Whether or not people are, everyone, everyone feels like they're doing it, um, I don't think it's to that point yet, but the fact that it's growing that much um, shows you that they're putting a lot more resources into trying to drive a uh, point of sale on mm-hmm. their app. Yeah, and I think uh, Pinterest saw huge growth as well because that's another one of those photo apps where yeah. people pin all their favorite things and it's right. just very easy way to find
1: um, what they want to buy there. That's what I was going to say is that Instagram and Pinterest are both like visually dominated right. so like a social platform like Twitter or Facebook which is a lot more text based isn't seeing that same traffic. Um, because people can literally see the clothes and like this photo and Mm -hmm. compare it in in their own lives. Mm
0: -hmm. And they're seeing it in a place where they're
1: comfortable and
0: yeah and they're used to seeing similar types of Mm -hmm. um, content content, exactly so that's you know I think one of the things when you are running a Facebook ad you're doing like an automatic placement Mm -hmm. uh, Facebook will place your ad in places where people are most likely to interact in the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. So if you run a conversion ad, they're gonna put it somewhere where people are more likely to convert. Uh, and obviously Facebook owns Instagram, so this includes yeah. that if you're running an ad that's like you know clothing, they're probably gonna run that on Instagram because they know that people are likely to purchase right. clothing. And I think also to that point, although a lot of more people are, are looking on at social to find these products, I think that it's getting harder to convert on that too as well because you have so many options, and um, so many different companies starting to catch
2: on and selling on Instagram. Yeah, then, true. where a couple or a year ago or two years ago, if if people are clicking on that ad, they're gonna convert. They're, if if they're getting referred from Instagram and they're clicking on that, they're they're probably in the in the space to buy at that at that point.
0: Yeah, it's, it's getting more competitive now. All right. Yeah, so, so you gotta differentiate. Um, I guess your product um, on, on these channels. So people are more likely to convert because you don't want to become part of the noise. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and another concern of mine is, is like, there's so many of these out there now and a lot of them you just haven't heard of. Um, You don't really recognize the company name. So I actually have a hard time trusting these companies. Are they going to deliver my stuff on time? Um, Is it going to be a... Decent quality product. Am I gonna buy a shoe that's gonna break in like a week or so? Um, So that actually, that's probably my main concern. You know, when you when you see an ad from a a, you know a large company, it uh you know you trust that source obviously right exactly. But when you're getting targeted from somebody you never heard of. It's great that those people have the opportunity now with mm-hmm. Facebook and Instagram to run those ads and reach me as a consumer, uh, but I'm definitely having a hard time trusting those, uh, those sources. Okay. That's a very good point.
2: Right. Yeah, I think a lot of the, the ads you see on the social are coming from these smaller companies that are still trying to make a name for themselves. They're more nimble. They don't have the dollars to put into traditional advertising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the ones you're seeing more often on on these social, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the yeah, big no. companies should be doing
0: it too, and they need yeah. more to share. Yeah, yeah, I agree, right? Well, one thing me and Ethan, uh, we talk about all the time is how uh, there's still so many companies spending a lot of dollars on, on TV, and uh, they're just not getting the reach that these smaller companies are getting, and companies like uh, Movement Watches uh, have been able to make like enormous leaps and bounds over you know, you know, to catch up uh, in terms of market share with, you know, the watch companies that have been around forever, like the Rolexes, mm-hmm. um, because of how much they're spending online. Um, you know, what do you think about that, Ethan? I mean, I, I, I'm looking at companies like Wish.com who yeah. don't do any I, I don't see no any TV. traditional advertising yeah. on them. I seen they're, they're they're around in the sports space a little bit. I think they have something with the Lakers. Okay. Um, the jersey patch, and then they also I, I remember for the first time ever I saw them actually on the scale of the Floyd Floyd Mayweather McGregor fight. So when they weighed in, wow. the scale had Wish.com, and I, that's the first time I ever heard of them. I remember looking it up that day. See, what is this company that has their, hmm. their logo on the scale? Um, and, but I haven't seen them anywhere else. I see them all over Instagram now. I think yeah. every time I open yeah. my Instagram feed, I see wish.com, and yeah. they, they have that low price point just right in your face um, of, uh, who knows? I, I've never purchased from there. I don't know if you guys have, but um, I no. don't know how they can uh, price yeah. point that low. But yeah. they're, really, they're really out there on, on social. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's interesting to see them breaking into that sports space. I actually recently saw an article that um, those NBA logo patches have actually been pretty successful overall, which is interesting. With uh, you know social media nowadays being everyone saying, though, this is your your best source of uh, marketing, which I would still agree it is. But it's interesting to see uh, uh, you know sports patches be a, a, a almost rising um, industry in a market where it seems like that kind of marketing is on the decline. Yeah, and I, and I think um, if you think about it this way, I think when you put your logo on a, a patch, especially in the NBA, you can say that you are advertising on social because
2: yeah. you see more NBA content on social media than any other sports league, and maybe any other anything else in entertainment. Because NBA just is a is a huge driver of social um, content, on, on especially Twitter. Um, definitely has a lot of Instagrams Instagram pages dedicated just to NBA content that aren't even. Um, official MBA pages. So I think that move um, of putting your your brand on an MBA logo, also I think you have a lot of
0: digital and social um, strategy in mind when you do that. Yeah. So I think it, it's definitely
2: interesting and it definitely ties into uh, all the, the social digital kind of um, marketing that, that
0: we're familiar with. Yeah. Yeah, So I think you have a really interesting perspective there and obviously um you're speaking from a a great position, having worked uh, with the NBA. You know a little bit about what they're doing in the uh, you know digital media space. You want to talk a little bit about how they're kind of leveraging that space now. Um, you know, I I really like the idea of turning something that you know isn't traditionally social into a very social opportunity. Um, you know, what is the NBA doing now to kind of really take advantage of that? Right. So
2: I think one thing that uh, the NBA realizes that a lot of the attention is focused on social German game. Mm-hmm. You have maybe 10 million people tuning into a game, but then you have another, I don't know, 10, 20 million people um, in the conversation on Twitter um, on Instagram. So you, there, there
0: has to be a strategy around monetizing those eyeballs as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I think
2: there's teams uh, at the NBA that are really looking into how how to best do this in a way that's not disruptive and that can continue... Um, just sharing the game with the, the world because the NBA is such an international game. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so easy to, to hop on an app um, from anywhere in the world and be, uh, have the NBA and NBA content right in front of you. So I think that's something that people at, at the NBA really are trying to achieve and, and keep in mind when making decisions. Um, that being said, I think as we move forward, you're going to see a lot more uh, focus on... Um, content being pushed to these social channels, um, YouTube included, mm-hmm. uh, that, that kind of
0: share the game because
2: if, you, if you're an NBA fan, you can probably hop on to, to YouTube within, I don't know, maybe an hour after a game or less and just find tons of uh, content for the game that, that just happened. Right. Um, as well as going to the, the traditional digital channels, which... Um, I think people are less likely to do, especially moving forward. I think people are more comfortable looking on social. Um, I think Facebook uh, presents a great opportunity for this as well, right. as teams
0: already have their their official pages there. So I think um, we could look to see uh, more going on, on on those channels. Yeah. Um, so a couple things on that. Uh, one is you know not just Twitter, um, but what I. I get a lot of my NBA updates now I'm not the biggest NBA fan um, but I do still keep track of what's going on in the league and pretty much I get 90% of my updates um, from Instagram you know basketball accounts or sports accounts that kind of just post the highlights from the games uh, post you know when there's a fight in the league, or if there's some kind of controversy, right. uh, they have it, and then they have opinions on it, and then people are talking about it in the comments. It's a really good way to like get the news, uh, get the highlights. Uh, it's interesting to see how you know SportsCenter um, kind of isn't really a thing anymore. They've almost you know they've gotten rid of the traditional SportsCenter show. They have that Get Up show now in the right. morning. Um, because they, I, I think part of that is because they realize all these people are going to Instagram and social for their highlights and updates. Um, and they needed, needed to adopt a format where they're adding more value than just showing the highlights. They're actually now providing a lot more commentary on what has gone on. Um, so it's interesting to see that changing at such a very high level. Something that, you know, SportsCenter's been around forever since we were very young. Right, and the NBA just lends itself to the opportunity to do this. I'm sure you've heard this before, where the players are just, um, you can see their faces, they're not in the audience, they're not ready, right? So they're not in hats, so you can can create these storylines and and
2: build these personal connections with specific players, and the the NBA just lends itself to creating more stars, and I think uh, we're taking advantage of that. in the best way possible, especially on social. Yeah. So I think I think it's in a good position right right now. Um, I think there's uh, probably going to be a point where you got to really figure out how to how to monetize all this chatter on on social. But I think there's also you got to balance out um, how well the game is being spread. And I think it's undoubtedly even if it's not being monetized, if there's uh, constant chatter and just um, awareness about the league. Um, throughout the world, it, you can't you can't say that's a bad thing, even if there's no direct revenue coming in from the, those conversations and, and that content. Um, right.
0: It's just going to drive more awareness about the league and, and excitement. Right. Well, you know, attention is a, a major asset nowadays. Um, if you can captivate somebody's attention, uh, there's pretty much always the opportunity, uh, whether in the long or short run, to kind of monetize that attention, so I'm sure that You know, the NBA being the successful organization that it is, will find a way to take advantage of this. And I'm sure a lot of other people will find a way to take advantage of it as well. Uh, But it's an interesting opportunity, and I think it's going to be a huge opportunity for growth, not just for the NBA, but for the sports industry in general. And then I think just the economy in general, because the amount of opportunity that can be created from those types of things, um, with all these new streaming sites happening now, right? You know, I know you've worked with uh, some of the streams, Ethan, and I know not just the NBA, but lots of uh, sports organizations now are providing tons of different ways for their fans to watch. So, um, not only can you watch different highlights and different, you know, documentaries and stories and all over social media, uh, but you can also just watch the game itself through different streaming apps, different streaming services. There's just so much opportunity now, and so many different eyes in so many different places, uh, I think it's only a matter of time before this industry really takes off and when it does, I think it's going to add major value to the economy in general and the sports industry in general.
2: Right. And digital media and live streaming, I don't think it's replaced traditional uh, television Yeah, yet. not yet. I think it has the potential to <laughs> yeah. start moving and I think what, what's going to happen eventually is um, you're going to have something like a Roku or an Apple TV and you're just going to pay for whatever, whatever apps you want to download if you want to watch. If you want to download the HBO app, have a limited HBO, you, you get that. And yeah. There's no point in, in the traditional cable. I think that's where we're, we're kind of headed. But yeah. so right now I, I don't think there's anything that, that's going to happen right. uh, because these cable companies just have so much leverage Right. Over, over all of this, so they don't want it to go away anytime soon until right. they figure that out. Um, but yeah, I think um, every, any business can learn from the, the way sports uh, monetize their... Or social content, it's all when it comes down to it at the end of the day, it's all about storytelling, right? Yeah, so the NBA does it a great job where, um, every matchup last night was, uh, for example, last night was the Toronto Raptors versus Golden State Warriors, it was a great game, mm-hmm. and I think leading up to that matchup, it's, it's a story, it's it's, it's um, uh, is this going to be the finals preview? Yeah. Is this, you know, can the Warriors beat the Raptors without some of their best players? There's just stories coming up to this break on the sideline, right? Yeah. answer with, with Kevin Durant and the Warriors the whole game. They're all stories, and it's just human interest stories, too, that, mm-hmm. that create a lot of buzz around it and excitement, and I think um, any brand can, can learn how to capture this and, and use that to their advantage. So it's pretty cool to use sports as, a, as an analogy to
0: this, but um, it's definitely something to look for, because um, NBA and sports have seen great success on, on social. Yeah anything Mackenzie here?
1: I am not as knowledgeable about this. Yeah, you're not the biggest sports fan or? No, but um, I think everything else is very true and really applies to just the way the world is moving for sure. Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. yeah, couldn't agree more. Alright, I think we'll uh, wrap it up on that. Ethan, uh, thanks a lot for your time, really appreciate it. I think you gave some really, really good insight Mm -hmm. into just sports and and digital media and the direction that's moving in general. and. you know, I look forward to you know continuing to watch this happen with you and to future conversations about it. Awesome. Thanks, uh, John. Thanks, Mackenzie. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no uh, problem. Good luck with the rest of the show. Have a great day. Appreciate <laughs> yes. it. Thanks, E. We'll talk to
2: you soon. Well, All right. Coffee chat for the books. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: uh, with that, I think we'll uh, wrap it up. Uh, I'd like to thank everyone who tuned in and watched today. Um, If you have any comments, you wanted to maybe give your opinion about what we talked about here today, uh, please feel free to do so in the comments or send us uh, a message somewhere on social media, send us an email. Um, Yeah on that, we'll we'll sign it off. Alright. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon.